smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. You are indeed, and I'm glad about it. Um, for some, for some, critical race theory has become CRT, as we call it, has become a scapegoat for attempts to censor, silence, and erase all conversation, all discussion of American racism and its continuing, its ongoing legacy. Editors Walter Greeson. And Danny and Jerry have assembled a broad range of scholars and artists to refute these assaults on CRT. They join us now to talk about their book, Illmatic Consequences, the Clapback to Opponents of Critical Race Theory. Walter, good to have you on. How are you today, sir? Pleasure to be here, man. How are you? I'm doing the best I can. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. Uh, Danny, and how are you today, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Um Pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you both on. Um, love the titles. I said earlier in today's show, Illmatic Consequences, the clapback to opponents of critical race theory. Who, who wants to tell you about how the title came to be? I love it. I'll start there. Uh, the uh, piece that jumped off basically was uh, at a conference on Afrofuturism at Carnegie Hall, mm-hmm. and we had had pieces of the manuscript that we put together. But we wanted to put at the center the fact that art overcomes a lot of the political debate. And so we had Stacey Robinson's art about Nas and Elmatic. But we also wanted to then combine that with the actual political organizing of the consequences. How do we stop the effort at misrepresenting critical race theory and really build a stronger, better society coming forward? And when you say Elmatic consequences, by that you mean exactly what? So Illmatic Consequences is, Illmatic is cool, automatically cool, the things that come as a product of how we live, Mm -hmm. and that actually the world will then follow. The consequences are then what we respond to the white nationalism with, how do we actually build stronger communities? So the building of stronger communities as an automatic product of our choices, especially through a lens of hip-hop and black studies, is automatically cool. So the automatically cool effects of coming back and standing up together as a community. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at this very moment, um, why do we think that the response to what we've been getting, that the response um, is, is a clapback? Um, well, there are several reasons. I would say that this is a clapback because what we have seen is a concerted effort um, to not only to silence progressive voices, but really an effort to change the narrative of um, American history, of history in the United States, in the classroom. Also, there's this idea where they began saying, okay, well, we want to, we want to protect our high school classrooms. We want to protect our middle school classrooms, elementary as well. But as time went on, what we saw, we saw an effort to control um, curriculum in college-level classrooms. And we've seen that from legislation in Florida, from legislation in Denver, um, the state that I'm from, Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas. So there was a great danger that was posed, in my opinion, to not only um, students, but also activists and progressives in general. So the clapback or the response was needed. Yeah. Dr. Greeson, what's, uh, g- give me your sense, um, and obviously it's in, it's in the book and people can read it for themselves, of course, but, but I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of what writ large black scholars uh, feel about this attack on CRT. Yeah, the conversation has been swift and, and ongoing. 
Uh, we're organizing in defense of the right to learn. And so we look at folks like Kimberly Crenshaw, dear colleague of mine here in Minnesota, Yahuru Williams, uh, Khalil Gibran Muhammad at, at uh, Harvard's Kennedy School. We are all coming together and spending time every week, every month, talking with educators at all levels about defending the right to learn and actually saying that the emphasis on black scholarship, the emphasis on black academic excellence is the way that we don't just free black young people in black neighborhoods and black schools, but we actually free all schools, not just in the United States, around the world, that we live up to the message and the promise of not just training, but education when we embrace the kinds of knowledge, ideas, methods that come out of black history, black literature, black politics, the study of black people over the last century. What does it say, Dr. Greeson, about this place called America, to use your phrase, that one has to defend, that one has to engage in a fight, that one has to write a book called Illmatic Consequences and clap back uh, on the opponents of CRT? What does all that say uh, about the fact that we have to defend the right to learn. We've come a long way. And so I, thought, I talk often about the fact 100 years ago, most people thought black history was fiction. They thought it was fantasy. And we had to emerge and come to a place where we documented the history of the African diaspora so that now these things can even be brought forward and shared through the public, in public sphere. But now we're at the place where we can actually project forward through films like The Black Panther and other Afrofuturist projects like uh, Lovecraft Country or HBO's Watchmen, the way that black voices and black presence actually creates the world that we've always struggled for since Dr. Martin Luther King proposed the idea of a beloved community. And so we've been on this trajectory some time, and that's what actually provokes a lot of this reaction from the right wing, is that they're seeing that their world is dying. And from my perspective, this is their last gasp. This is their last Mm. chance to try and defend the remnants of Jim Crow. Danny and Jerry, same question to you, because I'm I'm still troubled by that. Dr. Greeson's response notwithstanding, a great response, but I'm still troubled by this notion that in this moment, um, in late modernity, um, that we find ourselves in 2023 having to defend the right to learn. There are many things in this country I can, I, you know, I can, I can certainly submit to that we need to defend. But something is wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems to me when you have to defend your right just to learn. Well, you see, there's power in controlling the narrative, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what we have to look at is the fact that. The the history of the United States is problematic indeed, right? But we have certain certain factions, certain um, conservative viewpoints that they don't want want us learning and they don't want us to really dissect history as it is. Mm -hmm. They want to present this sort of alternate version of history and really just to and the the purpose of it pretty much is to enrich themselves and also to rationalize the reasons for enriching themselves and to rationalize the oppression and to say that okay people in impoverished communities are supposed to be there so that's why you get this you, you get this attack on children in the classrooms. You get this attack on really progressive expression and especially progressive expression from African-Americans. Yep. I was in conversation with a friend of mine last night, which I want to come to when we come forward. We're talking about a very different subject, but the point of the conversation was uh, that things just don't happen. 
Um, there are powers, there are principalities, there are, there are, there are movements. Uh, there's always a backstory. Things just don't happen. I say that because when we come forward, I want to ask our guest, Walter Greeson and uh, Dr. Walter Greeson and Danian Jerry, how CRT became the target. It clearly has become a target of the, uh, the rabbit right in this country and in this text, um, you get some sense of that. As a matter of fact, there's a great uh, preface to the book uh, that sort of lays out a brief history of this attack on CRT. And I think it'd be instructive and perhaps even informative to understand how CRT became the favorite target of the right in this country. We'll do that. And a great deal more talking about their new book, Illmatic Consequences, the clapback to opponents of critical race theory. You're listening to this conversation right now, courtesy of Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive, progressive. unapologetically black. Black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. More of Dr. Walter Greeson uh, and uh, Danny and Jerry about their new book, Illmatic Consequences, the clapback to opponents of critical race theory. Dr. Greeson, um, again, some of this is in the text, uh, in that preface and beyond, but what, what, what do we know uh, about why and how and I'm talking now politically. I'm, I'm trying to get us in a political frame, not an academic frame. But politically, why did CRT become the target and, frankly, an effective target, at least to date, of, of the rabid right in this country? Absolutely, Tavis. And uh, just one real quick note. My last name uh, is Grayson, G-R-E-A-S-O-N. Oh, it's, Grayson. Pronounced, it's pronounced Grayson. No, it looks like Grayson. My apologies. Yes, My sir. apologies. Yeah. All good. All good. So, no, what, what you're really getting at is what happened in 2020 is that over the course of that year, during the pandemic, as the nation responded to the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we saw a massive coming together, especially among young people, but really all aspects of society, to stand up and say, we've had enough. Racism must be eradicated from our society. And the, the consensus that had turned against conservative perspectives that actually defended the remnants of Jim Crow that began, they began by the end of that year, and especially in the wake of, of the defeat in, in November of 2020, to say, how do we rebuild? How do we push back against this emerging progressive coalition? And so by the start of 2021, shortly after the events of January 6th, you saw the emergence on, on Fox News of uh, Tucker Carlson taking on this tone of condemning all forms of racial justice. And Christopher Rufo came into play after doing work in San Francisco to disrupt their school district to then make this a national playbook, to take it to Virginia, to take it to Florida, and to get people like the Oath Keepers and, and um, the Proud Boys to step up. And ultimately, the, this group called them the Moms for Liberty to come in and be, you know, threatening, violent, intimidating influences at the local level to attempt to then censor books and then get rid of the kinds of ideas that had supported the national movement to end racism and to stop police violence. So that's why politically we see this, this movement on, on critical race theory take shape in 2021 is because it was the effectiveness of Christopher Rufo in mobilizing grassroots conservatives right. to seize control of local councils and local school boards. And then that blew up into what we see now is like the DeSantis presidential campaign, the work of Greg Abbott in Texas, um, things happening in Virginia and Arkansas to ban, to ban books. These efforts are all built brick by brick to go and kind of disenfranchise mm -hmm. African-Americans, immigrants, and women in a coordinated way. 
to support this larger agenda of Christian nationalism. So that's how, that's the answer to how CRT became the target of the conservative right in this country. Uh, when we come forward, I'm going to ask Danny and Jerry why he thinks that target has been so effective. They've used this uh, uh, remarkably well um, as, a, as, a, as a, a divisive tool in our politics. So we now know the how. Now I want to know the why it's been so effective. We're talking with Dr. Walter Grayson and Danny and Jerry about their book, Illmatic Consequences, the clapback to opponents of critical race theory. You're listening, and I'm glad about it, to Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Yeah, man. Smiley. Smiley continues when we come forward. 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 He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. All right, Danny and Jerry, your co-author, Dr. Walter Grayson, told us how um, uh, CRT became a favorite target of the right. Uh, tell me why you think it's been so effective politically. Um, because the proponents of the so-called pushback against um, CRT, which we have in quotes on the cover of our book, because they're not really pushing back against CRT, right? Um, they were able to mobilize um, intense fear, right, and growing frustration, like from not only conservative uh, bases, but I will also say. Um, like middle class bases as well in terms of like there was this um, there was this white fear that was going around and this fear that comes from progressive elements getting together pretty much um, you had riots all over the country after the George Floyd incident right so that was this intense intense fear um, intense anger that was able to take shape right in the um, in the in the pushback against CRT. Mm-hmm. And I will also say this, they were able to mobilize media outlets. Um, this pushback against critical race theory, quote unquote, it was very well funded as well. Mm-hmm. Also, even from the very beginning, right after Christopher Rufo went on Tucker Carlson tonight, um, Donald Trump wrote an executive order that banned um, diversity training in um, mm-hmm. federal workplaces. Yep. So that was all. They were they were looking for something. They were looking for an umbrella, an umbrella term that they could put yep. all the things that they didn't like um, up under. So you, 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 that's, you, that's why you sort you sort of just answered <clears throat> answered the question. I want to ask right quick. Just watching my time. Got a couple minutes left here. You sort of just answered, but I want to just put a finer point on it. To your brilliant point, uh, on the cover of the book, which the audience can't see, it's radio, Illmatic Consequences, the clapback to opponents of critical race theory. The critical race theory is in quotes, as Danny and Jerry said a moment ago, and his point was, it's in quotes because that's not really what they're after. So let me just ask you point blank. If that's not really what they're after, what is the end and aim then of using uh, this faux attack on CRT? Um, as I said before, uh, from my point of view, the main goal is, number one, to control the narrative of um, not only United States history, but to be quite um, transparent, the way that the, um, the, the way that racism functions on a daily pervasive level in all of our lives. They kind of want to cover that up. It's interesting that they say things like stop woke. You know, they really don't want people paying attention to what's going on, right? So there's this thing like to like really kind of like solidify their power base. Yeah. And 
that's kind of like the end goal. Yep. Dr. Grayson, I'll give you the last word. Can the clapback, uh, uh, this text and beyond, for that matter, uh, can the clapback at this moment be successful or in this political season that we find ourselves in, uh, has that train already left the station? No, this is a crucial time. We have an opportunity that our parents and grandparents never had before us. That if we're standing up now and organizing in our communities, building with our churches and our libraries, our community centers, using this text, not just in black households, but in all households, to actually advocate for the kinds of changes and resources we need, we need in our communities. We can take this forward where we're going to have more clean water, more clean air. We'll be better able to pursue economic justice, even rep reparative justice in some places. And so we're going to move forward in this coming year with enormous stakes in this electoral season. And we need to press on the people running for all offices to say, are they divisive? Are they feeding into these misrepresentations, this deception, this propaganda? Or are they willing to work with people, all people from wherever they come from, to build a stronger system, to build a stronger set of communities mm -hmm. across the nation? Here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, we did this work this year. We built this coalition and we've implemented over 40 pieces of legislation to advance the quality of life for everyone in the state of Minnesota. It. And I think this is possible everywhere. No, Minneapolis in many ways has been ground zero for the last few years. Um, uh, the editors of this book are Walter uh, Grayson, Ph.D., and Danian uh, Daryl Jerry, MFA. The book is called Illmatic Consequences, The Clapback to Opponents of Critical Race Theory. Uh, glad to have you both on. Congrats on the book. All the best to you. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. Good to have you on.